Should we make fun of Porzingis again or? Welcome to Spinsters, a podcast where we keep me out of all that corny ass talk about who's better and legacy and all that dumb ass shit. I don't even talk like that. I'm Haley O'Shaughnessy. I'm a recovering basketball writer. And I'm Jordan Liggins, an editor at Mojo. Did you watch the Nets Bucks last night? And I'm asking not because we're on a basketball podcast, but because you might have fallen asleep by halftime. Yes, I only watched the first half because um, <laughs> that was pretty sad for the Bucks. which right before the game, I was like, I'm rooting for the Bucks. You know, I want them to come out of this. They can win in Brooklyn. And I was so excited. And then they did the exact same thing as the game one. It was like a repeat. Well, you're now like a, a born again Chris Middleton fan. I am. Are you going to go? You might have to go back on that again. It's not like it's entirely their fault. So the Nets beat the Bucks last night on Monday, 125-86, which pushes them to 2-0 this series and makes my pitch to my entire non-NBA fan family that this is going to be the best series in the playoffs. <laughs> Looks <laughs> we so all embarrassing. That. We all thought that. It's not just you. I don't know what is going on, especially with Chris Middleton. Like he, I don't think he made a shot until the second half. Okay, so the final score, 125-86, we should say before we even get into it, that James Harden didn't play. Yeah. (laughs) It's without James Harden. They announced him out early, early on for game two, which is disconcerting in itself. But he's played a minute this series in game one, and then he injured his hamstring. And we have no specifics yet. So I'm hoping that those come soon. I kind of feel bad for Harden because this is his chance more mm-hmm. than ever in his entire career, more than anyone could ever have a chance if you are known as a playoff flopper to not flop. I mean, even if you do, it's kind of like if you're in a a girl group and you're all lip syncing, it's way worse if you don't know the lyrics and you're the only one on stage than if there are three other girls with you. Hmm, three. Am I including Joe Harris in this? Yes, there are three <laughs> other with you. Sure. <laughs> wow, good for him. And you don't know the words. You can kind of just like dance or, you know, you can be distracting. He, you know, it, it would be way, it'd be the perfect opportunity for him to redeem himself, even if he didn't actually end up having an amazing series. I feel bad mm-hmm. for him. I really hope that he's okay. What are your thoughts on this series so far? I, well, I was going to say with James Harden, like, are they telling him, like, actually just sit out? Like, we actually don't need you. We all thought that this was going to be closer, but maybe you can sit this one out and really heal for the next round. Because it's, I mean, they all, that's what everyone was talking about game two. Okay, but they don't have Harden. Like, this is going to be a big deal. And they still show that they are head and shoulders better than Milwaukee. Are they just having, like, off nights? Or does James Harden not even need to be included this time? No, I understand what you're saying, which to me, I felt because a lot of people said that on Twitter and I thought that that was so ridiculous. There's no way that they wouldn't play him if he was like, you know, okay to play. Yeah. In a game two of a second round of a playoff series. But the first game was so convincing. After this second game, if he's like, hey, I feel all right. Yeah, I would say sit him. I mean, there's so there are so many things about this. It's not just the Bucks. And are Mm -hmm. the Bucs fixable? Like, first, we should just concentrate on the Nets. After the game last night, Zach Cram, our former coworker, guest on the show and all around great. uh, Great guy. Thinker, statistician, uh, informal statistician. But I think he's like got an honorary doctorate from all 
colleges now for stats. <laughs> he tweeted that the Nets are now as a team in this playoffs shooting 50% from the field, 44% from three, 91% from the free throw line as a team, all of them. Getting that Jeez. split as an individual is really hard. And they're all doing it together at the same time. It's just insane. Their chemistry is really good, despite their mm -hmm. biggest knock being lack of time together, um, which is, you know, they're still not all together. James Harden. Their second knock is that uh, their defense is really bad all season. Again, I want to repeat the Bucks scored 86 <laughs> in game two. Um, Blake Griffin is athletic again. Yeah. The city let's of Detroit. Talk about Blake. Let's talk about Blake. I'm Does the city of Detroit really ever win? Do they ever win? <laughs> Name one win for the city of Detroit. But it's also um, like who would have thought that Blake Griffin diving on the floor, you know, dunking again, put back dunks. It's like, are we in a time machine? Are Kia Optimas cool again? Like what's what's going on? I love it. I'm very proud I know. of him. The best part about this Nets-Bucks game, because it was a snoozer, was that it brought to my attention the amazing puns that the NBA is bringing for the playoffs. And I know you have no idea what I'm talking about, but... I don't. Yeah, you were texting me about this. I have no idea. I'm going to list them for you from worst to best, okay? Mm -hmm. So it's when... It's like what's on their warm-up shirts or like their hashtags for each team. And Clippers, of course, is at the bottom. I'm a little biased, but it's kind of sucks. It's playoffs our way because they keep, you know, everything is Clipper LA our way, playoffs our way. Oh, these are on their warm up shirts. Yes. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So that's like not really sons. even a pun. That's just a phrase. For it's the just like, a, well, yeah, it's just a phrase, a wordplay. Theirs is already the worst. Like, sons rally for the valley. Like, that's kind of uh, cute. Oh, it's just like a little rhyme. Yeah. Rally for the little valley. Rhyme. That's cute. And then Denver cute. elevate. Like they're elevating their game mile high. You know, that's not bad. Not bad. I like it. Dallas all in in Dallas. A-L-L -L, all caps all in. Maybe. No. OK. She's Wait, explain it. that to me like I'm five. What? <laughs> what does that have to do with Spelling Dallas? Dallas? Because it's in oh, Dallas. Oh, A-L-L -L, <laughs> Dallas. All right. Yeah. OK. Cool. Cute. <laughs> <laughs> Cute. There might have been cool. something easier for them for there. I'm not going to lie. That that might have been the marketing team was trying a little hard on that one. They are. But, they are. But I like the effort. Jazz, take note. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's classic. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's you classic. Just, and they got to keep it. The best one, speaking of the Nets, Nets level instead of next level. Get it? Oh, I do get it. But oh I wouldn't have gosh. got it if you didn't explain it. <laughs> I feel like the wordplay and basketball, they met and I was very happy and Nets level is great. So just wanted to Nets throw that Nets level. There. Okay. Well, I mean, it, you can, it could also be taken literally like they're playing at the Nets level, which is above and beyond anything that anyone else is doing right now. Uh, okay. So let's move on. I cannot see this being anything other than a sweep. Can you? I really can't. Unless yeah. they have a miracle game. I mean... I think they sit James Harden out for the rest of the series and Bucks maybe get one at home, but it, it's it's not going to be as exciting as we no, thought. No, there's it was. no I just I don't see it. I don't see it. I was I was going to make one of those statements I always do to you, to everyone in my entire life that get me in trouble. That's like, if they don't sweep, I'm going to blank. But yeah, I really can't yeah, afford maybe another tattoo one. right now. I don't need anything else to be pierced. <laughs> yeah. Like, let's just 
No, not for this Haley, <laughs> show some discipline. All right, Jazz Clippers. I don't really trust either team here. I I just don't like. I don't trust the teams. I don't trust the franchise. They're the Clippers to me show the best, uh, the most promise coming out of last series. So the Clippers play the Jazz tonight, uh, and yeah, I just don't trust either team at all. How many years has have the Clippers as an organization burned us? Last year, Lob City, Forever. even all the years that weren't their fault because of injuries, it just sometimes, actually not sometimes, like literally everything does not fall in their favor in the postseason. But I do see what they were able to accomplish last series, which was important and a, probably my favorite series of the first round. They were able to mitigate Luka Doncic, an offense with Luka Doncic, which is insane. And that required so much effort and concentration and togetherness, which I think is my biggest critique of the Clippers last year and this year. Um, mm. And it's what, what's been missing from them. Not to sound all like camp counselor or <laughs> Bob Saget at the end of every Full House episode, but they they really look like a unit right now. And if you're telling me that Kwai is playing like a premier two-way player, which he obviously mm-hmm. is, um, game six and seven, my God. Paul George is playing well. Okay, check. That's like one of the biggest concerns for them all the time. They have a a very interesting small ball lineup to go to. I'm pretty, well, I want to say I'm pretty sold. It worked last series. I don't know if that's working against Rudy Gobert because the point is to get Rudy Gobert off the court by using that small ball lineup. And I just don't know. He's a lot more... um, he can go to the perimeter. Like there's a lot of things he can do that he's, he has flexibilities in ways that like the Mavs front court defense didn't, which is like what front court defense. So, <laughs> right. And also when I think of the jazz's strengths, this is my last argument for the Clippers. And then I would like for you to check me because I do feel like I'm being too optimistic. When I think of their strengths, I think of defense and I don't think their defense is going to be as effective this series because when do the jazz make people look like idiots when they are trying to drive mm-hmm. down the lane and they're overly dependent on that as an offense. And then Gobert is sitting there like a bar like bouncer. And then you just spilled a drink on the owner and he's like, that's literally Party his foul. presence there. Yeah, exactly. But the Clippers don't really need that as much as other teams. They don't have to go inside as much as other teams do. And Kwai and PG, if PG is playing, like he should, are flexible scorers. So they don't need to um, rely on any certain range, right? Because mm-hmm. the Jazz, that's their defense. They start in the perimeter. Um, they can shoot in the mid-range. They can they can take the middle ground. So I'm, I'm leaning Clippers. Um, there's also Mike Conley is still questionable. This is Tuesday yeah. morning. He's still questionable. So I, I hate that for I him. I think that's but, the biggest thing. Yeah. What do you, What's your feel on this series? Well, you know, I don't trust the Clippers. I I trust Kawhi. I trust that he's going to be who he is. Like he shows up in the playoffs. I think it's only time, matter of time for Paul George to completely fall apart. Um, I think they actually need Ibaka. I think they need him because he can shoot the three and that would pull Rudy Gobert out of the paint. But since they don't really have that and they are going more with, you know, the Morris twin and, and he's not really going to 
to pull him out as much. And Rudy Gobert, just just like you said, he's going to stay there, block everybody's shots. Kawhi is going to have to work twice as hard. And then they don't really have anyone to turn to. I think their biggest thing that they're leaning on is that Mike Connolly is not 100%. If Mike Connolly was with how... Um, Donovan Mitchell. Sorry, I forgot to say for a second. Wow. <laughs> get off this, get off this podcast. I'm a global legend. I know. Sorry. No, how well Donovan Mitchell is playing right now, I, I trust him more than a half Paul George and a full Kawhi. Mm. So I, I think it's going to be a better series than the Nets and Bucks are right now. I think it's going to be close. I don't, I don't think it's going to be like, you know, a sweep or anything like that. But I see the jazz coming out of this just because of, you know, how they're playing right now. We talk about being as a unit. Donovan Mitchell is, is going towards that superstardom and um, Rudy Gobert's defense is, I, I don't know if the Clippers have anything to match that. That's a good point. And uh, to your point about Ibaka, I don't know. No one said anything. I don't know where he is. I don't know when he's coming back. It's like they it's just, just a fashion show. They're yeah, like, you guys I'm... aren't happy enough with with Marcus Morris <laughs> and Nick Batum. I thought that that was fine. Uh, yeah, I don't know <laughs> what the situation with that is. It's so weird. It's it's the playoffs. I want more information on that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to go the other way. I'm going to say Clippers. So mm. we'll see. We'll make a little wager on the side. That was a wink. <laughs> I made a click sound because I wanted people to know I was winking. All right. Um, Suns Nuggets series. Last night, the Suns won. So fun. Are the Suns the best team in the West or the most fun team in the West? Or are they both? I think they are both. I'm going to go with both. They are so fun to watch, even though they did beat my Lakers and I've, I've, got, I've gotten over it. I want Chris Paul to be great. I want him to go far. I want him to be healthy in a playoff round for once. And I, I think the Sun team could do it. Booker wasn't even the star last night and they still won. And I think if that continues to happen, then they're going to have smooth sailing. Like it's going to be. I don't know. The Nuggets look shook last night. They didn't know what to do. It was too many people. They were shooting, they were scoring and, and Jokic wasn't a factor as much. It is interesting. I was looking at the Suns uh, lineup yesterday and I was looking at all the bench players they played. And I was like, oh, this is actually kind of like a really filled out team to your point. Yeah. I think they are definitely the most fun for me. When I think about them and I think about, are they the best? I instantly think about who would match up the best with the Nets. Yeah. But this is what I'm going to argue. Let's just not think this far ahead with this Suns team on that <laughs> level. And then even I want to, emphasize the importance of living in the moment through this run right now, because I, like just what's today, Tuesday, just over the weekend, I think maybe it was Monday that I saw this. There are reports that Chris Paul's going to turn down his player option for next season and Beautiful. try to get a new contract. <laughs> and there's just no reason to worry about that kind of thing right now when such a wonderful thing is going on. Um, but I will say like, not in a state of let's worry about it, but just to applaud Chris Paul. He is so good at this because now yeah. people have bought back in. He hasn't gotten younger, of course. And that's the biggest concern with him, maybe outside of injuries. Uh, but people have bought back in and they're like, he's important. We need him. And this is exactly what happened last time when he wanted a contract, which was years ago. 
he's we were all like, well, he's going to age into that really poorly. It's way too much money. He shouldn't do it. Oh, everyone's an idiot for um, going along with this. And the Clippers and Rockers, mm-hmm. Rockets uh, sign and trade. Now he's going to be able to do the exact same thing. Like he is the king of longevity and security, job security. Yes. He he just has it figured out. And I I think it's smart. And And I think if we can use the Suns as like a cliche poster that would be in a room, it's just like live in the moment, you know? Don't think about the past. Don't think about the future. Just be right now. You know, rally in the valley, you know, rally in the valley. <laughs> that's all that they could do. And especially like one game at a time, because you never know what's going to happen. And I like DeAndre Ayton. He's playing well. I think that's a great matchup with Jokic, which there's history there. He told a story about how like his first game in the NBA, Jokic was like, you can't guard me. And so now it's like. A little animosity, which I'm all about. Let's make more playoff villains. Jokic said that. Yes, Aiden I didn't really said that think in ESPN of him as a article. Shit talker. I know, I know, but I'm here for it. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Who do you have coming out of this series? Is it the Suns? I do have the Suns. If Jamal Murray was playing, this is a different story. But I think that the Suns got a little lucky last series and. Don't put all your money on Austin Rivers. So I'm going to I'm going to go Suns. And I think I'd make almost the the opposite argument for Denver against like living in the moment. Like, please do and try. But know that this isn't everything. Not everything depends on this because your second best player is every time they they flash to him and he's cheering and he's in street clothes. I'm in awe. I just don't understand how they're doing this without him. So, yeah, I'm. I would take the opposite approach there where, yes, this it would be terrible to go out, but not against this team and not when you have so Mm -hmm. much in your future coming up. Okay, Sixers Hawks, they play the second game tonight. Atlanta won the first game, uh, 128-124. It was not that close the entire time. The Sixers look like they're in trouble. Joel Embiid is not 100%. This was such a weird game for so many reasons. And the Sixers have just, they it doesn't seem like there's any way that they can escape this series. And I don't know where all my confidence in the Hawks came from. If you told me wow. four weeks ago that this was what I'd be saying, I, I don't think I'd believe it because I was so hot on Joel this season. But like I said, he, he's not 100%. So what's wrong with the Sixers? Fix, fix the Sixers in three words. Ooh. Ben, shoot better. Okay. <laughs> like, wh- I, don't, I don't know. I've seen those things going around Twitter. Like, if your life is on the line and you have Giannis or Ben Simmons shooting a free throw to save it, I, I'm not going with Ben. Like, I don't trust his shot at all. It barely grazes rim, like, 90% of the time. And they're doing a hack of Ben. Like it's it's wild to me that you can even be in the superstar or a star conversation and you can't shoot it. It just blows my mind. So I think they they need that for sure. Well, I think that what you're probably trying to say is like just shoot at all. And you're saying shoot deep, right? Because he did. He was perfect for in the first game. He was seven from seven. 
Yeah. Like shoot from deep shoot. Yeah. I, and free throws too. I think free throws. His free throws are really bad. He he was three from yeah. 10 in free throws. Yeah. And then he didn't attempt any threes, which is fine because it's not like that's a high percentage shot from him anyway. I don't know that anyone's going to be biting on it. Um, it would be, it's kind of like a, a nice, um, make it seem like you're making an effort thing for him to, to shoot threes. But at this point, I don't think it's, you know, that's what's going to make the, the difference for them. But yeah, when you're getting to the line and he did, uh, quite a bit, you know, he shot 10 free throws and that's the second most on the team short of only Embiid, mm-hmm. who shot 15, like those, that those points really matter. And if you're not going to be contributing, uh, you know, on offense in, in other ways, this is a way to, to do it. But you, again, have to make the shots. Hacka Ben, yeah. I remember Hacka Giannis when like his third year in the playoffs became a thing. It comes <laughs> for all unicorns who need to be exposed. <laughs> Are you truly a unicorn? We'll hack you. Here's the test. <laughs> ben, shoot, shoot better. And then with an asterisk from free, from the free throw line. From free throw line, yeah. I have uh, stagger the bench because Doc played all the bench players at once. So especially with an injured Embiid, I just I don't feel like that's the bet that you you just can't do that. Like you need some consistency on the court because without him, he's such a pillar that without him, everything is going to fall apart. So there needs to be some kind of stability to go through. What's funny is that I was texting a friend and, who loves Brett Brown. And she was like, Brett, Brett Brown's like philosophy from the last couple of years would actually be very helpful right now, uh, which is true. But that's that's my main argument. I also think they have to try something different on Trey. Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. I don't know if that's trying Ben on Trey, which I would personally really love to see. But exactly. Uh, yeah, I'm not I'm not sure how they stop him. He has advanced further, Trey Young, than the two players he's pitted against and compared to the most, which is Luca and Steph. And with Luca, it's that, you know, the Hawks drafted Trey ahead of Luca. And with Steph, it's like, oh, he's he's the young Steph, he's baby Steph. This is a great chance, and it's already happened with the Knicks series for Trey Young to just be a separate being by himself. Not the mm-hmm. guy who, you know, it was constantly pitted against Luca, and maybe uh, DeAndre Aiden is glad that Luca is out as well um, <laughs> because he's kind of getting the same opportunity. But you know, now Trey is like, well, he's out of the playoffs. We're only focusing on him. Steph's not in the playoffs, and Trey Young is unique. He really is, and I love this personality he that he's built already, which is kind of like I'm going to be. Everyone's been saying this, but the villain and my dad was immediately like, oh, Reggie Miller when we were watching the Knicks series. And so I mm, I love that he's getting to develop his own persona a little bit because there are like three things people have to say about Trey Young and they're the same every single time. And it's that he's like this player because he does this. He's like Steph because he's really good at shooting threes, because he can find crazy pockets, because mm-hmm. he's flashy, because he's small. Or it's two that he's in some competition with Luca and, you know, oh, the Hawks shouldn't regret it. Oh, the Hawks should regret it. Or it's three and it's about his hair, which. <laughs> True. I, I don't Where's know. Veneers? Honestly, I, he wears veneers. He got his teeth. He got his teeth done. Oh, hell yeah. That's great. Good for him. <laughs> you know what makes it. me happy? Jurgen Klopp. Every time I see that big smile. <laughs> 
so cute. They're like extra white. And it's just like, yeah, Trey, do you? I mean, yeah. Can you imagine like if you went in and they were like, what color do you want? And you said not the whitest possible. <laughs> Diamond white, please. Excuse me. <laughs> can see it from space, probably. That's but great. I, I love your point, too, of like the differences between Luca and Steph is that I feel like Luca and Steph are very likable. And right now, Trey, he's already getting booed in Philly, like automatically. He's done nothing to them. But it's just like, we saw what you did in New York series. We're going to boo you already. And he loves it. He's eating it up and he is thriving off of that. So I feel like that's what what already separates him from them. You know what? I actually this is probably just me personally, but I love I love this right now. And I do like I'm a huge Russell Westbrook fan. So maybe that's just kind of I love people who don't feel the need to please others. But I also don't think Luca and Steph are as lovable as consensus would say, which maybe goes against the definition of lovable because it's just if people love you. But Luca, Hmm. Luca is probably one of the. This is going to sound bad and then I'll clarify whiniest players in the NBA right now. And I'm saying whiniest because when you are a star, your your complaints are heard in a different light. They are paid attention Mm -hmm. to more and received more maybe than it would be if you were like, oh God, everyone I just said, I felt so bad for about to say, being about to say it. If you were a a different player, I guess I'll just say. He complains all the time. He does. All the time. Like it's LeBron-esque. And (laughs) yeah, he, (laughs) get it. It's uh, Next year, I think is when people are going to wake up to it. Steph mm-hmm. Curry. Um, I don't understand why people don't talk about the turnovers more. I don't understand. But, you know, that's just that's for <laughs> another day. Something that I was interested in, though, and not to be like projecting into the future when I was just preaching about living in the moment. But do you think that this is the year that people put pressure on Luca to start? Well, the Luca and the Mavs, the way mm. that they did with Giannis, where, OK, you guys have you're, you're not in the playoffs. You're already this kind of player, this level player with Giannis. The backlash was you really need to, to learn to shoot. You really need to like make your already so dense game, 100% complete. And you need to learn how to shoot. And then they also challenged the bucks. They said, you guys have to put things, pieces around Giannis because he's ready Mm -hmm. to go right now. Now Luca's out. I don't know if they're there for me yet. Like him with him personally, the Mavs. Absolutely. This has gone on too long. Definitely. Get Porzingis the fuck out of there. I don't care for what. <laughs> I don't care for what I was reading on Twitter. They were like, well, you know, actually it's pretty, it's, it's good for him to stay if they can't get anything to replace him. Like, even though he's below this personal expectations, he still fills some needs Not at all. He just, no, like you start gotta over. Go. He's got to go. I think it starts with the team. Like you thought Prisingis was going to be that person for the Mavs. There is no way in hell that he is. He's done nothing. And I read something, too, that Porzingis this year was getting paid more than Giannis, Jokic, and Devin Booker. And he averaged 13 points and five rebounds in the playoffs. Like there's no comparison to those people of what the hope was in Porzingis. He can't stay healthy. It, we need to switch them out. Rotation. Let's go. Yeah. It, I, yeah. I just don't like, I don't, yeah, I don't really like anything about him. That's not new. <laughs> <laughs> not new. 
<laughs> not a hot take at all. <laughs> well, yeah, the the playoff P, the P stands for Przingis, and it's that's just a fact. Passed down to Przingis, <laughs> the crown that nobody wants. Przingis has now. <laughs> That's our show. Please keep leaving us your Porzingis slander on our voicemail <laughs> at 502-874-4453 or send us an email at spinsters at bluewirepods.com to be featured on the show. Spinsters is hosted by me, Haley O'Shaughnessy, and Jordan Liggins. This episode was produced by Jordan, Isabel Jocelyn, Harry Krinsky, and Alex Ward. Our production coordinator is Devin Shepard, and our executive producers are Peter Moses, John Yales, and me. Alien Jordan, this is Kellen from Milwaukee calling about the Bucks. I have a highly specific concern, and that is that our Greek freak does not know how to set the screen. He is a wonderful basketball player, two-time MVP, defensive player of the year, but never enjoyed the fundamentals of a college basketball coach. If you watch him, he kind of sticks his arm out or puts his butt out, and we need him in uh, clutch situations to be the screen man and pick and roll with Taru and Chris. And if he gets called for a, a key offensive foul uh, for setting a bad screen because no one ever taught him how, I'm not going to be surprised. So hope that's highly specific enough. Thanks for all your work. Go Bucks.